Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. (laughs) (laughs) I intentionally said nothing to see what you were doing that time. Well, I was really thinking, like, maybe I'll sing the actual intro track underneath you, but then you didn't do it. And I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) You introduced us like we're like Sunday night on WWF or something. (laughs) And here we go, scene partners. That's Cody, and that's Chris. <laughs> so, Cody, what uh, what do you think we're talking about this week? Well, <laughs> this is the worst. We talk. We're we're gonna talk about. Uh, we're gonna talk about staying fresh. Oh, um, hygienically, and. <laughs> <laughs> and in your work, and we're going to talk about class taking classes, the importance of taking classes in theater, uh-huh. and um, some other things. Yeah. You know, some of it is just better not to know. <laughs> right. It's better not to know. So um, as someone who worked professionally... What uh? Why why do you professionally? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, why do you think it's important to continue your education and to, I guess maybe, on top of that, what do you do personally that maybe keeps you fresh or that you do to stay fresh? That's a really great question. Uh, I wish I would have thought of that myself, actually. And uh, maybe next one of these times, I'm going to ask you a question first. <laughs> you know what? Before we actually go into this amazingly structured question that okay. I have a supreme answer for, I would. L- I think it's important to say, like, I don't really know what episode this is that we are doing, but and Seven, who knows eight? what? I, I don't, who, yeah. who knows? But. Um, just how much fun it's been. Right? Like, I've had such a great time. And it's been so awesome seeing the positive responses. And maybe I'm just yes. being like, I'm going to I'm gonna keep all the negative responses out of my view. <laughs> and so then I only feel like we're doing awesome work. But it is just so nice that, um, that you know, people have enjoyed listening to two friends sit in a room. Right. And talk. That's just, that's just really cool. Um, and... What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> As someone who has worked professionally. Oh, like, right. Yeah. yeah. Pro- the professionally question. Yeah. Um, so in taking classes and, and staying fresh is, is really, really important because just like an athlete would, would practice for a, a game or, you know, you stretch before you take a run. It's the same thing with acting, really. I mean, and you you will know this. If, if you've ever performed or, or really done anything in in your profession, when you have a long extended period of a break, you know, where you have not been staying engaged and constantly flexing those muscles that you're used to flexing all the time. And then you get on like, you know, you take a long vacation or it's just been a while since you've had to, you know, answer the phone or or talk to anyone within your business. The first time that you do it, whenever you come back to it, it, it almost feels foreign all of a sudden. And where before it was muscle memory and all of these things were easily accessible. I mean, I know I found that this year. Um, I went from teaching uh, just some acting classes to also teaching full time during the pandemic. I just, you know, it was one of the decisions that we made yeah. that I would go from just teaching a um, basically a specials course at the school that I work at where, you know, I, I, I teach almost one-on-one classes 
and then moved it more into a full-time position whenever the school asked just because of the uncertainty so that we, you know, it just made a little bit more sense. But being in the classroom in that kind of setting for me in the beginning of the year was like, whoa, I don't even like this feels so strange. Like I have to like remember how to do this in a way because it's been so long. And I think the same thing is true in any other job or in theater, especially because you're, you're, you're wanting to access or have access, easy access to all of these emotions. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's a lot to do with vulnerability. I know that I, I, uh, a while ago had to work very, very hard in keeping my walls down and being available to just accept information and then, and then treat that information in a, in a, in an honest and genuine way. Yeah. And whenever you're just not used to it, sometimes I feel like that wall comes back up, you know, especially for me, because I know I already have to work on that vulnerability thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I feel like if you're not being vulnerable on stage, you're, you're not being honest yeah. first off. And, and people just aren't going to want to watch that. Um, I'm I'm not there to watch you recite someone else's words. That's yeah. not that's not why I'm there. line regurgitation. Yeah, I'm not there yeah. for. I can listen to an audiobook. I can do that. I'm there to see you experience this, you know, and do the ups and downs. I think we we've talked about this, and I talk about this a lot, and when I'm teaching or directing, just about you know making the words your own and being honest mm -hmm. as honest as you possibly can be, because. As the audience member, I, I do not want, I don't want to see you succeed. I'm not interested in it. And I think we've talked about this before. It's the struggle that yeah. I'm interested in. Yeah. I know that you are upset in this moment, but I want to see you fight as hard as you possibly can against being upset. And then I want to see you lose for a little bit. And then I want to see you win. Yeah. But if without that struggle, it's nothing. And for me, acting classes... And being able to to get up in front of people and consistently stretch those muscles and and really like like experience this over and over again just helps so much. And you know, I I went to uh, uh, Oklahoma City University. It was a really great program. Um, Lance Marsh had, had had built there, and it was really fabulous. I mean they they worked really hard on enforcing. Basically what I was just talking about. I mean, so much of it, even though I might not have felt like it at the time, <laughs> I really needed. Yeah. And then went on to use it in my professional life. You know, uh, some of those professors, and I think that most people will, might say this about their teachers, you know, while you're experiencing it, even in some shows, while you're experiencing um, and, and, you're, and you're there in the moment, you think that it's probably useless or you don't need it. And I think for me in the beginning of my... Um, my collegiate career, I was very, um, what's the opposite of humble? Mm, egotistical? <laughs> <laughs> Narcissistic? I was the opposite of humble, let's say. It was me. I was the opposite of humble. Yeah. I, I went in there and it was just like, I am 20-something, I'm tall, I got this. Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. And I just thought that I, I just thought that I was awesome. But I also had been doing theater in a small town and I never really had to work very hard. Yeah. And then I got in this situation where I was no longer the most talented person by far in the room, but my mind didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a long time of being beaten down and being like, wait, what, what is wrong with me? Why am I this way? And luckily 
this school like really helped me along to learn that lesson, which I know is like a whole other thing. But um, there were some Lance Marsh was really big on on being honesty and really on be, being honest and really taking your time in the moment and working towards uh, earning your pause, which is mm. something that I, I talk about all the time. And you have to earn it. And those moments where you do break and just like anything else, if you're not constantly reinforcing those good habits, they will start to go away. Oh, yeah. And I worry about that a lot because it's been a while. I actually don't. I, I, I don't really remember. Maybe if I think hard enough, the last time that I was really directed and like helped through a role yeah other than just me being you know just in our current situation with you know if, if i'm gonna be in the show most of the time i'm directing it and mm -hmm. we either didn't have someone to cast in the role and so i'm all of a sudden dick wilkins or <laughs> <laughs> christmas carol or you know it's just like okay we want to do this show and how are we going to be able to do this and this is the most you know this makes the most sense and you know really i think when when you and i were doing tuna that was that was more of I don't even know if I actually even slated myself as the director for that. I don't even remember if we even spoke about it. It was just it felt more like this is um this is more like what they said Shakespeare's time was like. They just we rehearsed it, which they say was different than what they did, but they did not have really a director then. It was just you and me and my wife and Dana, our other costumer, and then our friend Amanda who stage managed just kind of working our way through it and finding out what worked and making sure other people, you know, recognize the moments. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't like a central figure that was there to be like, listen, <laughs> yeah, this moment doesn't work. And what if we just like kind of work and here's some other options. And I miss that so much. I mean, I just, I wish that we did live in an area where there were, some adult acting classes, you know, that I didn't have oh, to yeah, teach. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. In the same time, I'm also teaching it. But, man, I would love to take an acting class. And that's, you know, you and I, we kind of talked about that not long ago during um, when all of, uh, when, when coronavirus had started and we talked about, you know, how are we going to stay fresh throughout all of this and maybe there's some way that we can still do some sort of acting class. Yeah. And I still really want to do it, but I more or less want to, like, participate in there in the class yeah. as, as not, not, I mean, I don't mind leading it, but I also just want to be in it so bad. I just, there's, there's something about that to me. I think, you know, I mean, and I love rehearsal so much. I love going in there and it's just like you're an archeologist. You, you know, you're just trying to find things to dig up and you're always so surprised about the next moment and when it's going to come. Yeah. And I, that, those kind of things I miss so much. And I just, that's one of the things I think about classes, but um, that, that was, that was way long time. That was, that, that was, was way long, way long time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Me talk long time. Me now talk bad time. Um, <laughs> which didn't really answer your question, but I just kind of, I, I followed the trail down to the river and brought you back a pail of, of useless water. Yeah. Um, but, but after school, like after all of these things, I remember now I launched down this thing about Lance, the, my teacher, because I was going to tell you about the teacher that I despised in school. And then later on started thinking about it and was like, actually, this guy was amazing. And the reason why I didn't like him was because he was so honest 
Mm. And, yep. and it, I was just, I was immediately like, no, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't like this person. I get, I'm, of course, at the time, that's not what was going through my brain. But in reality, that is really what was going on. It was like, I just couldn't, I wasn't mature enough or brave enough to deal with the truth that he kept throwing into my face every day that I went to his <laughs> class. And um, so what was he saying to you? Like what? I'm oh, curious ben, for ben, my own perspective. Ben Corbett. Here. What did Ben Corbett Smith say to me? Yeah. Um, ben Corbett, if you're not listening. You got like I really close to the mic to say don't, his name. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I want to hold it in. for the life, to scream the life out of it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's also because he was a voice and dialects teacher. So I want to make sure he really, if he's listening, I'm being very clear okay. in my dialect. The first thing, um, when I went there, he was just hammering me over the head with my dialect. He said I sounded like I was from Louisiana, and the whole time I was like, no, I do not. I do not have an accent. I'm famous for not having an accent. And he was not, he wasn't buying it. It's and really so he hard just kind because of, I listen to this, and then I hear my accent well, versus and, yours, and it's like, frustrating a little bit oh i don't i actually haven't i don't well i mean i listen to you talk all the time so maybe i don't hear it yeah but also i know just being down here you know it, it's 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 hard well yeah you pick up your environment you pick up the environment and you know one thing that i do really appreciate is is that in the beginning i thought that he was trying to to change the way that i speak and i was really ashamed of my accent yeah because I didn't want to sound like I was from the country. I, I thought that in my mind, I I associated, if I have a country accent and people can really hear that in me, I'm going to sound ignorant. Mm -hmm. Which is not true. But I just, I wanted to disassociate myself so much from where we grew up. Because I just, I, I, I was almost ashamed of it. I just, I, I don't know why. It was a lot for me to work through, honestly. And all of that happened in Ben's class. That's the first time I've ever just said his first name. Felt very weird. <laughs> <laughs> we straight up Ben Corbett. Yeah, Ben Corbett Smith. Um, but he was he was a truly an amazing teacher. I mean, we did it was a voice and dialects class, and you do some really weird stuff. Oh in there. yeah. But um, Ben was certified in a very specific type of voice and dialect training, which was the link later technique, okay. and um, and he used that in combination. And what's really shameful is I can't remember the name of these people that invented this other thing but in learning the phonetic alphabet he actually made us pillows like had these pillows sewn out that looked like each letter of the phonetic alphabet that you use as an actor to you know adapt any text into whatever dialect you want it's more based off of your sounds yeah 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 so um we had to like learn these things and write you know scripts and these things all that kind of stuff and one of the ways that he taught us that was he would throw these pillows at us. And whenever we got them, you had to make the noise of that pillow. And then you had to like, <laughs> oh, and then you had to like either oh, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't sound it's going to sound ridiculous no matter what I say. You had to like touch yourself with the pillow and where the sound came from. So if I got the E sound, I could like beat that E pillow against my chest. Or if I thought that it came from my knees, I would be like E, 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 E up against my knee. <laughs> and then you would throw it to someone else and they would throw you a pillow. And you just like kept doing this. 
And then there was this one time where we had to do these monologues, and in the middle of the monologues, he would throw, just like everyone would start throwing the pillows at you, and you had to like grab and throw and make the sound, and it was just like nutso stuff. And I thought at the time that it was all ridiculous and a huge waste of time. Yeah. And I didn't really realize how valuable it really was later. Because now teaching people, I realize what we do always seems weird. Mm -hmm. But it always has a purpose. Even if it's just allowing yourself the opportunity to be that weird in front of other people and then have those people accept it and then understand that feeling yeah and then move on and be like you know what i experienced this the world didn't explode i was congratulated for making an attempt and now i can carry that on to the next time that i'm on stage which is huge to have that confidence to be like you know what i'm gonna barrel through i'm gonna go for it and at the end of it i might completely fail but i'm gonna be applauded for that failure and that is really what what Ben taught me. And I did not realize that at the time. So thank you very much for being so honest and, you know, right. all that stuff. He's never going to listen to this. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm talking to him in the room. Um, but, uh, what, what else, what else was I saying? Who else was I talking about? What's going on? <laughs> I, I went, I went too far down the rabbit hole. What's going on? I don't actually remember, but you saying that reminded <laughs> me of this one situation. Oh wait, you're here too. I am. <laughs> Where'd you come from? Here we are, 20 minutes in. Uh, but it did remind me, I'm just the voice on the side that's like, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. going to be that person this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you reminded me of this one situation. I was in this show called mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> uh, Sylvia. Right. <laughs> I'm never going to make it through. I'm sorry, um, Sylvia yeah, or no, the no, dog. Isn't no, no. it called Sylvia or the dog or something like that? Uh, the script that just... I had just said Sylvia. Oh. Okay. Um, originally, I think Sarah Jessica Parker originated the role. It's the one where she's a dog, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played the character that was like three characters in one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were doing the rehearsal and I wasn't connecting with like one of the characters and we were doing the rehearsal. We were standing to the side and I was just kind of ad libbing and making jokes. And the guy who was uh, the, the, the lead guy um, kind of looked at me and said, what you're doing right now is way funnier than what you're trying to do on, on book and on script. Ouch. That and it hurts. But sure. It like bruised the ego a little bit, but it taught me to just let go yeah. And and in the same way that he's trying to teach you to let go of accents and it feels ridiculous, it's this thing where you're just like, "Hey, go, you know, shoot for the stars, swing swing at everything, see what right. works, especially in rehearsal. Like, mm-hmm. let's find out how this, you know, hodgepodge of ideas and 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 things like come together and bring your A game right. always." I mean, that's where the vulnerability comes in. In my opinion, I mean, it's not just on stage. It's in, it's giving yourself the permission to to just go for it. Yeah. And to, to know that if, you know, I, I think I say this all the time. A lot of people get, or in rehearsal, I say this all the time. But when you're on stage and you get embarrassed and you start to clam up, like if you're like, ooh, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of scared to go for this moment. It looks like that in itself is so embarrassing to me. Yeah. Like I, that, that to me looks more embarrassing. And it's like, if you could just fight through it, you would be so congratulated. 
but it's hard to to get over that mental block. But when you see someone do it, it's oh huge. Yeah, because you're like so they have completely lost themselves in that moment. They've mm-hmm. let go, and no matter how ridiculous it feels to you on stage, it looks so good to the audience. Yeah, and they can feed off that energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So what what are some things that you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're bringing it back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some things that I you do? I was just being the mm-hmm guy. Mm-hmm, yeah, right, right. Some right. of the things that I do. Yeah, to stay, to to stay, stay fresh. fresh. You know, it is actually kind of ridiculous, um, but it, it does come in handy to have a key to a theater um, yeah. where we are. So going there, and you know, it's it's it is it might sound really funny to talk about this, but I go... I really go to the theater quite a lot and I, I work by myself and I'm, I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's getting to mm-hmm. where people are kind of yeah. you know, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> You're making fun of yourself. What are you even I know, doing? I don't know why it's doing it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I will go to the theater my, myself and I will work and I'll work on the set alone and that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of people get frustrated with me because they're like, well, we would have helped. I'm like, yeah, but you know, really in that time when I'm alone at the space, I spend a good portion of it working on what I need to work on. And then I stop (laughs) and then (laughs) probably waste a lot of time. I will just start, you know, trying to remember any monologue that I can Mm -hmm. and going through acting exercises. You know, something that was really huge for me in school was, uh, was psychological gesture. It was like huge, huge for me. And I, it it really like it really working on uh, working through Chekhov techniques and and those kind of things really like opened my world as as far as performing goes and so I will find myself alone in the space and it just feels so good just to to go through those like to go through the psychological gestures or to to go through mo- some movement exercises and just walk around the space and be weird and then remember monologues and take myself in and out of the monologue and the acting exercise. And, and I will probably do that more than I should <laughs> <laughs> completely alone. And, but it, what's nice is it does just kind of remind me as far as like, here is a basic, here is a base. Like you do not forget these things. These are also things you want to remind other people. I, you know, moving so quickly the way that we have to move and doing this with, with you know a majority of the time or all of the time our performers have other jobs and other lives and families and they give up their time for us and so i know for me i have a hard time saying you know i i'm going to keep us at rehearsal and just worked on work on the acting just a little bit longer i'm going to just work on the acting just a little bit longer and keep people there longer than they are supposed to be and maybe I should relax a little bit more about that because really I want to work on the acting the most. And I do work on the character and the acting a lot with people, but there is a lot of me that just wants to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself, you know, th- this is not what other people do all the time, but maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. Maybe I'm not thinking well, think, about this in the right way i think you're trying to mine the emotional stakes out of the scene as best and as much as possible right and but still i mean I, we are so fortunate and and i think myself so lucky to to be in a community that does have people that want to come and and work on 
you know, playing pretend. Yeah, that's with me, true. Which is amazing. And that they will work super hard. And, you know, I, it makes me think about when we were doing Christmas Carol and Jeremy Shepard was Scrooge. And Jeremy was phenomenal. I mean, he was phenomenal. We had so many amazing people in that show. And he worked so hard on that script. And he would show up and, and just basically was always, he, he was kind of like the way that you are. He's like, what else can you give me? Yeah. What, what more is there? And, you know, there's, there's actually a kid here in Marksville who is the same way. He's, he does children's theater with us. And every single time, you know, it, it's hard as a director in these kind of situations because, and as you know, when you're doing great, most of the time the director has other things. Like yeah, they say things they nothing have to, to you. And they have to, because there's so many other things <laughs> yeah. to worry about. And it's like, okay, you're doing great. And I, we could do more, but I really need to get with these other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And because there's just never enough time. And, you know, this this kid always comes up at the end of every rehearsal. And it just it just fills me with so much joy and hope for the future because he's always asking, hey, do you have anything for me? And he's 12. Yeah. 12 years old. And I'm like, how do you have these thoughts already? Like, go up to the director afterwards and be like, hi, do you have any notes for me? I really think... Um, there's some more things that I could be doing. I want to make sure I'm doing a great job. Like, okay. But that's what you want. Especially it is what you want. Like, to find someone who's hungry yeah, to be to better. Yeah, so bad. Yeah. Ugh, but that was, you know, that was one of the great things about when we all got to do uh, A Christmas Carol and with, with that cast. And that was kind of our first show that was a, a bigger show that mm -hmm. had a whole lot of people in there. And we got very lucky with the people that we had. And... Between, you know, Jeremy and Susan, who was playing Mrs. Dilber, who was just hysterical. <laughs> and I really was so nervous because I never knew what she was going to do. <laughs> and, you know, we had you and, and Timberly. And I mean, it was just so many amazing people. And, you know, what actually I was thinking about um, whenever we were talking about this, like, you know, working with other people and and staying fresh and stuff and, and giving direction. uh I was thinking about when you and Timberly had your scene together in that show as young Scrooge and then the um his fiance. Oh my gosh, Belle. Yeah. Belle. I almost couldn't remember it. Yeah. Um and I um I tend to mm, <laughs> I tend to probably get a little too passionate sometimes. I know you, so, so I can't. So it's a little like, different. Yeah, I can't like I say that, but I so understand when people don't know you and they yeah. work with you, and you're they're like, I don't. I, that was well, a that lot. Was, that was intense. That was a lot. Well, I mean, I think it's just mostly me, probably doing what I've seen, and and also just getting into the moment because I think I'm always going to be an actor first. Mm -hmm. So as I'm sitting there watching you guys go through this heart wrenching, beautiful scene, whenever you are. Um, breaking up and she's telling you you know it's not gonna be you might get married some someday but it ain't gonna be me yeah you know and i was watching it and it was just so like you both were so into it and i was so excited that it looked so great and that y'all were involved and then i do remember there was a moment where she she doubted what she was doing and yeah, she, she was stepped, so good. She took a step back from where she was, and I wanted her to take like three steps forward. And she took a step back and like leaned back into the character. And I was like, "No, no, 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 no!" And I just, I just remember, just you know, basically 
jumping up and um and running at her i from what i remember <laughs> just per- not becoming maybe it's not the director anymore i was then in the scene with you yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. like i was like no you got to like yeah anyway uh it's but it's it's hard and i also didn't realize because she was so good in that moment that this was really only her second time ever being in a show and then you know she's being rushed by this crazy director guy it is it is hard to think that someone like after all the training someone has that kind of natural ability and it makes you so mad you so just, irritating and so awesome. why am i doing this and so awesome <laughs> but you know and, and i do think that whenever you're in a show with a bunch of good people you will rise to the occasion oh yeah much like if you're in a show with, you know, where the talent isn't necessarily there, you will then start to decline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or no, you you'll start trying so hard. Yeah. yeah. Start trying so hard. Um, so what about you? I don't know what the question was, so I'm just saying, so what about you? And hoping that <laughs> it makes sense. You know, um, I've never actually shared this with anyone, but something that I do to stay fresh is uh, when I was in college, I did this six-hour DIS course on uh, psychology uh trying to get that double Can you tell me what a major. DIS That is? is Directed Independent Studies. Oh, yeah. D- yeah. yeah. So basically, it was you pick six books in the world of psychology, and you do an in-depth analysis of what they're discussing, and you do this basic, like, huge book report sort of situation, and you kind of report all your findings and how you feel about them and things like that. The book that I had chosen, a friend of mine had suggested this book called Telling Lies by Paul Ekman. This is the guy who sort of developed and discovered, uh, uh, and and for the FBI, micro-expressions, how you can never actually lie. Like a person will oh, yeah. never have the ability to tell a lie. And it got me really interested in body language and, uh-huh. and what all that means. And it's it's really cool to watch like these mentalists that go on these late night talk shows doing that stuff mm-hmm. and like calling out Harry Connick Jr.'s uh, pin code on, on, on national television. <laughs> so it's really cool to see that stuff. But I've always added one physical thing to mm-hmm. a character. And, and an example that I'll give is when we did The Exonerated, mm-hmm. the character that I portrayed was... Um, he was um, imprisoned when he was very young. So his whole life was kind of backwards. And one thing that kind of helps me inform myself, but also maybe subconsciously to the audience is that I never used my pointer finger when I was pointing. Um, I would always use my bottom three fingers to mm-hmm. point and keep the, that pointer finger towards me. So it like was the inversion of what yeah. someone in their formative years might do. And, and it's just one of those things that, like, for me, I try to implement that mm-hmm. and, and find my way physically or subconsciously to not, you know, quote unquote, lie yeah. with the character to the audience. And it helps me stay fresh. And what is the thing that I'm doing? And, you know, not to overdo it at all, but to just like for me to to be mentally maybe where and physically where I think that character might be mm-hmm. at any given moment. No, I mean, I think physicality is huge. I, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I mean, with psychological gesture, it, it, that's a that's a huge um, physical thing that you put your body through, mm-hmm. and then and then to then carry that onto the stage is using physicality to then fill your emotions, yeah. basically. 
Um, so I, I totally understand. I love that. I don't, I didn't know the thing that I didn't, I was your director and I had no idea that you were doing that. So I think that's awesome. Every character. That is so awesome. I mean, I, I think I have little tricks. I mean, just because of the, of my, you know, like my connection, I think physically or trying to always remember to, to be in my body. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that I always like, I have some type of physical tick that helps me feel certain emotions, but Mm -hmm. I think that's mostly from the psychological gesture. Right. I've never been so in depth to being like, this is, I'm going to use my pointer finger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it's, it's just little things like that. But that that is so smart. That's so cool. Like with, um, when we did, uh, the mousetrap with Christopher Mm -hmm. Wren, whenever I thought the character was telling a truth, I would nod the head. And whenever I thought the character was lying, I would shake it Now I do remember you doing that. Yeah. I do remember you doing that. When you, you remembered your lines. That's... <laughs> and did just leave me alone on stage for I one, what felt like a one time year re- forgot a three-page monologue. It was enough. That one time was enough. <laughs> it, was, it was the worst I've ever bombed on stage, for sure. That personally. was hilarious. I've just, I will never forget. I will never forget it. I'll it, never forget it, you know. It was like my sixth show that year. I was oh like, my gosh. Stood there, I was like, I don't have For it. you just to look at me and be like, mm, mm. take me to my room. Mm. What? <laughs> Need to go to my room now. You, We don't even know your name. No, no. My it's, room's best. Mm, yep. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. But you know, I do wonder sometimes, do other people in their jobs, like... Do they do weird stuff like this? I mean, like, you know, the, the, you go to school for, you're, you're in any other job. I can't think of a single other job right now. Like, what what, what do other people do? I don't even know. Teaching, you're a teacher. Well, what? yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, <laughs> that's that's true. But, like, your your guy who works at, like, the, is the head of some bank thing. Like, okay. Like, what a mortgage we'll the, man. We'll say the C- So, okay, like, mortgage man, man is, yeah. like, you know, he's worked his way up. He's mortgage or mortgage man or mortgage woman. And they're hanging out. And do they, like, go home and think of ways to stay fresh in the mortgage world? I have a friend who is, I think, the CFO or uh, the AFO of the, the VA hospital here in town. Uh-huh. And yes. Oh, that is so wild. (laughs) I mean, you know, you'd think, I I guess I just, maybe this just tells me I'm not special. I just, I think so many times, you know, like, oh, we're artists. We are special. We are the only people that do this. We have feelings. But other people have feelings, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, they have lives, and they, they like, worry about their jobs and stuff. Yeah, he goes home, and I think he watches the stock market and sees what's coming up and how how that's going to affect I mean, he has to be interested in it then. I mean, come on. Man, I I wish that I was. I'm not interested in. I wish I was. I wish I was. My friend Megan wanted me to do this Robin Hood thing. And she was like, it's, it's, it's fine. Rob the rich? No, it's, Give to the yeah, poor. she wanted me to put on my little hat and <laughs> jump on my horse and, and take off. She, she was like, Red River Bank will never see it coming. No, she they, wanted. They wouldn't see that. They would. <laughs> if I just ran in there with a horse. I was like, well, I'm taking this, but I'm not going to keep any of it. I'm going to give it away. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, he's, he's from 1920. He's a 1920 he's a 1920s on radio. Gangster is what he is. He's like, oh, all right, here we are. I wrote my horse into this bank game. <laughs> um, no, 
So she was wanting me to do this thing called Robin Hood, and it's like this app. Now this feels, this is what it feels like to do a commercial. Um, and it's this app that you use to buy and trade stocks, but I guess for dummies. I don't, I don't really know. But she sent it to me, and a lot of the things, Megan, when you send me things, I think they are spam. And I never click on them because I'm assuming that someone is going to steal my identity the moment I do. Because it's always like, hey, want to buy some, you know, things that look like the moon? It's going to help somebody. I mean, it's like craziness. I don't know. I don't know what half of them are. So I didn't do this for a really long time. And then she started actually genuinely contacting me and was like, hey, you should do this Robin Hood stocks thing. I never did. Um, but anyway, that just was... occurred to me that I don't know what Megan does. <laughs> Megan works in a university. She's yes, she is uh, like the head of the financial aid, or does something like that, where she works in financial aid. Well, then that would make sense that she would want to do the Robin Hood app thing. Uh, maybe I. Who knows, really? <laughs> but I, I didn't. I still don't trust it. I don't trust it. So. Robin Hood app people, if you would like me to trust it, there's a price tag. <laughs> and this is the last time we will mention you on this podcast. We will gladly be sponsored and have a code for Try Robin, you know, Hood. Robin Hood slash podcast. Yeah. Partners. I'll even film myself riding a horse in a Robin Hood outfit into please, a bank. Please, Robin Hood people. <laughs> I've never wanted anything more in my life. But it's so awesome to know that other people are just as passionate about what they do that they would still want to... I mean, they, they go to conferences. That's like a huge thing in yeah, yeah, the yeah. world of like people going to conferences and staying fresh and getting new ideas. Well, they're constantly going through... Like my buddy, he constantly like travels across the country and does training and things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. There's... There are always new acting techniques and strategies. And, yeah. And depending on who you're working with, I mean, I remember I used to love working with, with new people. Like when, like working in an acting studio after college, um, it was so awesome whenever new people would come in and just give their perspective. Yeah. And it just, sometimes you, you know, you just leave it on the floor and it, it, it was not applicable to you. Yeah. But you know, a majority of the time, they're going to say something that will open some door eventually. And I, I don't know. I think that's why I I miss classes. Right. I mean, I also just really enjoyed, like, an acting classes. I mean, that's like going to a toy store for me. It's just so yeah. much fun. So much fun. Um. So through this, do you think, like, one of the hurdles of and I think I've seen this in rehearsal and in classes before, and I, and I kind of talked about it, about what it was like for me whenever I went to, uh, when I transferred to Oklahoma. But how do you feel that ego kind of takes a, a play in there? And does it, does it hinder you or can it help you? I think, mm, see, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because there are times when, I will be told something and then I will have that chip on my shoulder. Yeah. And that I feel like I have enough experience that I don't think that this is going to work for me. Yeah. That's a hard thing to overcome. I will still give it your way. Mm -hmm. I will still try my best to give the director, you know, what they're asking for. Yeah. And, you know, as somebody who's, who has to work daily to be humble. And and like life, <laughs> life. 
as someone who is amazing. Yeah, no, it's not. Least, I didn't. I'm, I'm I know how that sounded. Really hard to be on your level, but I tried to also implement these things daily to to make sure that I'm humbling myself. That I'm like, you know, hey, you're not the the best of this or whatever. And and yeah. it's not it's not a trick that I'm trying to like down myself. But it's like I want to make sure that I'm always grounded before well, I walk that's up just the being path. Self aware, yeah, and which is good. I just, I, you know, there, there have been several times in, and maybe we've talked about that before where it's like walking into a rehearsal situation and you know that this is never going to work. I'm going to do it this way. And then maybe in the show. Yeah. I (laughs) do. I will say that I feel like it, I have felt that way before. And I have been proven wrong, and that does happen. Oh yes, 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 yes. Which is why I think you know I, I'm I I think you and I are very similar in this vein. But I I have to work very hard to give it a shot and yeah. to be like you know what I want to be open and available to the possibility, and that is very difficult because especially when you're used to you know you are in management, and I feel like I'm also in management in my own form, right, you know, right. I'm used to being the person that tells people what to do and that, you know, when someone asks a question, I don't know is not sufficient. You have to have something, even if you make it up on the top of your head and change your mind later, you have to have something to say. Yes. You know, I don't know is never a great thing. Um, and it's hard to go into a situation where you kind of have already answered all of your questions for yourself and then to have somebody else throw you a curveball and be like, mm, yeah, no, you're going to try something different. Because, you know, as we talked about, I, I try to implement all these things. Like, I'm very, very, very entrenched into what I believe the character is. Like, I'm when we get to rehearsal and things like that, I've probably looked over that scene a dozen times before that day. I, yeah. I, I put on a big show. Like, I don't rehearse. I don't practice, whatever. But I do the homework before we get there. Mm. Well, that helps you work to be humble. Yeah. And <laughs> got me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it, it's hard because, you know, like you were talking about, like you have in your mind, this is what I think this character would say or do or happen right here. And then yeah. the director has, no, no, I want this specific moment over here to be the, the, the sort of the emphasis or the highlight to what we're doing so that we Mm -hmm. we punch this thing because it makes sense later on down here not maybe i don't see that as much as the director does because i'm one character in one moment yeah you know while you were saying that i I started to think lexi and i have been watching the michael jordan documentary Mm -hmm. and we were just talking about it earlier the last dance and it is amazing and I feel like I'm 10 years old the whole time I'm watching it. I'm like, this is so cool. It's like the superheroes are on TV again. Um, but they talk about, my, like Michael Jordan is talking about how he couldn't respect somebody that he didn't feel was putting in as much or more work than him. And the other players on the team, like Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and all these like huge named people, all talked about the fact that they knew that they had to rise to the occasion and be better and try harder and go harder because they knew that Michael Jordan was and Mm -hmm. that they weren't going to let him do that by himself. And I think sometimes in theaters, why I'm saying it, I swear I have a point. (laughs) 
<laughs> in theater, it's so easy to follow someone and be open to the possibility and, and to get out of your own way when you believe that they have put the work in mm. and that they are like that they have done their research and they have a clear vision and that they are with you along the journey and that they are just they're meeting you halfway, if not even further. And, you know, I, when I worked with um, with David Bell, uh, he would I, I remember going to his house and he would have his script open and he would have like two copies of the script. And like it was so strange because he was in his 60s and he had more gel pens than anybody. I've ever <laughs> had, like all the color <laughs> gel. Pen in the world. I'm um, sick of the 90s. Yeah. And so he would have his his pens and he his script looked like tie dye almost, but it was very very ordered. And he he would sit down, and he was so regimented. And he would sit down at his script. He'd wake up super early in the morning every day, and he would write, and then he would work on whatever he was directing. And he would write into the margins and different colors, and each color meant something different. Either it was an acting choice, or or um or it was blocking or something that he needed to tell the the actor. I mean, he basically directed the show three times before he even started directing it. Yeah. Before he even got into the room and started rehearsing, he was so entrenched in the script and the dedication that he put into it. I mean, when he would go into a room and you were doing a show with him, every single person became better just because they knew that David had done so much work. And that they were like, you know what? We are going to do great for David. And we trust him so much because we know that he's put in so much time. And we know that if there is if there is something to be thought in this script, he is he's thought it twice. Mm. And which is why I was saying the Michael Jordan thing. It's like if you if you have someone at the at the helm of the ship, you know, if you have someone that's steering this this show and they are putting in all the effort and you trust them. It's so easy to just be like, you know what? I trust you. I'm going to go. But the moment that you have a doubt that that person walked into that room and they are reading this scene with you the very first time and then they're giving you an option. It is very difficult to just like hold that burning fire in your chest and be like, okay, we are going to do the wrong thing. For a little bit, <laughs> yeah. Because it's like I don't, I don't. Someone trust else your didn't meet me, yeah. Because they weren't willing to put in the effort, which is so sad. And I mean, I've been in that situation before, where there's a director, and they're obviously either overworked or they didn't have time for this, and they show up and and don't necessarily have their life together. I, I was just about same to same thing ask on the you other that. end of the table. Actors the same way as a director when you are so into it and you have put forth the work and make sure that everything is going to fire on full cylinders and this is going to be great and you have an actor come in and they are like uh, I don't really know what I'm doing here and it's like why did you audition for that like did you not yeah. know what was about to happen to you like <laughs> right this is and I struggle with that because especially when somebody is volunteering their time it's like how far do you go to being like, at the end of this, we have to put forth a good show, but you are volunteering, so it's not like I can fire you and get somebody else, and it's not like I'm going to yell at you in front of everyone, because in the end, you're doing all of us a favor for being here, I guess. I don't know. It's something I I, it, I think about this when I'm mowing the grass all the time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, 
you have to you have to learn to set that ego aside. And it would be nice uh, if if everybody you worked with had those uh, sort of ineffable habits like like David has. Yeah. But well, I mean, that's he's really not obsessive and amazing, but obsessive, right? Which I, is why he's so successful. I yeah. mean, it's amazing, amazing. And I, and that was that was one of the things. And you kind of like uh, dove into it because I was I was very curious hearing you talk about it. You know what. What's that like? And I don't know if maybe you did where you you worked with someone like him or him specifically, and then you worked with someone who did not maybe like right after. Like, what was it? Was that like a culture shock? Yeah, I mean, I'll say working with someone like that, and I wor- I worked with him a lot. I mean, I was so fortunate when I graduated, um, and I I'm just dove right in to doing the show with David. I mean, I had actually worked with him. We talked about that amazing Hamlet that Andy Trzinski had done. And David was the director of this show. And that was one of the reasons why Andy was able to put forth that phenomenal, life-changing performance in my mind. And it was because of someone like him. And then when I I left school and I'm, I'm in the professional world, David really helped me so much. And that was the other thing. He was just so generous and so kind mm. and gave you an opportunity because he knew how hard it was. And oh, it's just amazing. I mean, I, that's like a whole other thing I could talk about for a very long time. Um, but I worked with him so much in, in every area. I worked with him as an actor. I, I was a personal assistant for him in his life for a while. I, um, meaning like I changed the light bulbs and I did the Trader Joe's visits. <laughs> I drove him around. <laughs> And I also assistant directed for him, which it's interesting because really that's what you do for Lexi now. <laughs> <laughs> she married you to be her PA. <laughs> I'm a good PA. I'm really good at it. That's what I. I'm good at that. I'm totally fine with that. It's, she probably gets frustrated though because she wants me to make a decision. I'm like, whatever you say. Yeah. I'm gonna support it a thousand percent. It's all that work with David. I will making not. The decisions. Yeah. Just be like, I'm sorry, that's David. David made all the decisions and I followed. So that's that's what this marriage is now. Yeah. Um. But to go from that and then go to working, um, ooh, I'm trying to decide if I want to, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I can talk about it. To, to then go from, I can just say this in generalities, I guess, to go from working with, with him and then go to working with, um, in, in an environment that was very unprepared mm. and not about the performance or um, it was like going from theater for all the right reasons to going to all the wrong reasons. I would say that. And that was, was a difficult, a difficult row. So what, what was (laughs) right? That was so difficult. That was so difficult to talk about. So what was it? What was it like setting your ego aside? And I will say, I will say this. I could talk about this. I, I, I mean, there were some, and there were companies in Chicago that I had worked with that were not with David and where you're working with directors where you're like, okay, I uh, appreciate like you're doing a, like I was, I was doing a very old show with a new cut. Somebody had gone through and they'd cut the script and they had made their own version of it, which happens a lot in Shakespeare or restoration comedies or whatever. And I'm on stage and they have cut my exit and I'm on stage, and they didn't know that they cut my exit. And I'm on stage, and I'm like, hey, I 
don't know how to leave. Like, I'm delivering a monologue. Everyone behind me is gone. They have all snuck out. And the, it's the whole joke is that I'm talking to myself and I don't know it. I turn around. None of them are there. I have nothing to say, no motivation, and I just walk off stage. I was like, I do not know how to leave. They were like, wait, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know how to get off the stage. <laughs> like, I have no exit. <laughs> I have not been told to exit. I don't even know if I exit right or left. Like, I have no idea. I have no direction here. Like, I don't know what my motivation is. Well, why don't you just make up something? Well, okay, but, like, I can't think of anything. So, like, for three days of rehearsal, I'm trying to think of a reason to leave the stage where there is none. And I remember we were approaching opening of this show and I said look I still like I'm coming at you actor to director saying I have no clue what to do and they were like mm, yeah you'll figure it out I believe in you uh, what <laughs> I opened that show I never left the stage the same way we ran that show for three months I never left the stage the same way <laughs> Way and then at the end, at the very it was like a week left. I figured it out. I was so mad. I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> In my mind, I thought you were going to say it was a glass menagerie situation. You just stayed on stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I, yeah, no, I, I that should have what I should. That's what I should have done. I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to stay out here and watch." You just walk to the background and just kind of like leer the whole time. But the difference is, is that like working with David, if I would have find like he might have wanted me to find that on my own, which would have been, you know, I, I do the same thing. I want you to arrive at your own conclusion so that it feels more personable to you. Yeah. I want it to feel more like it's coming from your heart. But if I went up to him and was like, dude, I honestly nothing. And he'd be like, oh, this is what you do. It'd be done. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Because he would know. Let me check my pink gel color and it's here. Just, maybe it's just knowing that someone else is, has got that safety net that allows you to fly. I don't know what it is, but uh, I definitely, that show, that moment, me figuring out a way off the stage was not my MJ moment. That was not my Michael Jordan moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but ego is very hard, especially... I mean, I know for me, taking direction in any sort of way sometimes is, is difficult, especially if I disagree. And the working towards being, you know, open and available is always going to be difficult. I, I mean, I, if you've been doing it for any sort of sort of time, and that's why, you know, most of the time you end up with someone who's done one show and they're like, you know what? I can be a director. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need notes anymore. Um, excuse me. I've been in a show. One like, of the well, things. Maybe of, you've been in <laughs> Guffman's show. Right. I don't, that doesn't mean that you're ready. One of the things that I've heard uh, in my field of work is, you know, uh, sometimes people get socially promoted because they've been there longer than other people. Yeah. And you may have like the best forklift driver, then get promoted to be a manager, but they're a terrible manager. And then you have somebody move up to be the best forklift driver and they're terrible at driving the forklift. Mm -hmm. And it's like knowing who to put where and why, like not everybody is cut out to be a director. Right. Not everyone is cut out to be maybe an actor even. Mm -hmm. Like there, there are plenty of other jobs on stage or, or, you know, even behind the scenes. You know what my favorite 
thing is, um, th- this is sarcasm. I shouldn't have started that way. Um, you know what my least favorite thing is uh, in doing a show is when someone walks in, and this is when it's really hard for me to be like, you know what, I'm going to give it over to them and, and this is going to be great, is whenever they start off and they say, yeah, no, I'm just a, um, I'm an organic director. So you're like, well, you might as well box that up and ship it to Crapsville because this show now sucks. <laughs> like, why are you here, organic director? Yeah. What does that mean? You just go up there and do what you want. And if I don't like it, I'll stop you. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that what you were talking about, what we were doing with tuna? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. You got me there. That's true. But that was still very different. Yeah. That was a very different yeah. situation. But yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, I, f- I will never forget hearing that term. Oh, I'm an organic director. I was actually in an audition. I was in an audition. It was um, I, it was a callback, and it was for three sisters, and I was super excited about it because I'd never done a Chekhov, and I wanted to do this show so bad. And I go in there, and, it, and I was exhausted. I had just gotten off of a plane. I didn't feel good, and I like get in a, a cab, and I go all the way, and I get there, and this guy's, and I'm, I'm talking to him, and I was like, so what is, what are you, you, you know, in a callback situation, they talk to you a little bit more. It's not like an audition where you just like walk in and you're like, you know, this is who I yeah, am. Here's six here seconds to impress you with who I am. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm going to tell you my name and this is how I show you my entire personality. <laughs> and um, I hope you liked that now that I'm done with my name and what my monologue is. And now I'm going to do my monologue and I'm going to leave <laughs> while you stare at my resume and doodle. Um, yeah. So in, we were talking about the character and he was like, you know what? I haven't really put that much thought into all of that yet because I really want to develop this along the way. I'm more of an organic director. I just kind of want it to grow. I want to watch it grow. I was like, what? <laughs> just, <laughs> I just remember looking at him and thinking, what, what do I do then? Like, I, I haven't, I have a, I thought that I had a clear vision of what this should be, but you don't. Should yeah. I direct this? Yeah. <laughs> so like, so now I'm doing your job. But I'm still waiting for... So if you like me directing myself, then you'll give me the role? Is that what I'm hearing? Ugh, it still drives me crazy. Organic director. Oh my God. That, that made you want to not do the show? It, well, yeah, I didn't do the show. I mean, I didn't get cast. <laughs> <laughs> that was your choice. That was your choice. Apparently, it did not like the way I directed <laughs> the piece. So you're not very much of an organic um, actor. No. Yeah, I guess that's the truth. Now, I will say, sometimes going into a scene, it is nice to have something that surprises you every once in a while. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you know, we started listening to that awesome podcast, Smartless. Smartless. Which, if oh, you haven't listened gosh. to it, you have got to listen to Smartless. But it makes me want to try to roast you more, but it's like, I really don't want to also know, make you mad. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't make me mad, but it's just... I oh, I wish that I had the amount of money that Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes have to 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 be that carefree. Oh yeah, like oh, hmm. it's like their their just delivery is just kind of like, well, I don't really friend. care, and moving on. It's just it's awesome. It's awesome listening to them. You should definitely listen to that. But um, oh, well, after you listen to this, yeah, well, yeah, listen <laughs> to this, and if. Uh, I mean, I would assume you're definitely listening to this if you're still listening after the, the 
all of it. But so um, you're not in charge of ads. No, I'm not in charge of ads. Well, I was talking about the smart list for a reason. Dang, to set it. aside your ego, maybe to have that much money. I don't even remember. I don't know. But the bottom line is that you got to listen to smart list. That's the that for is their true. Uh, AutoZone ads. That's yeah, why. for the AutoZone. Like, definitely <laughs> skip the ads though. Don't don't be a monster. Don't listen to that. Yeah. Well, you know that actually. Uh, oh man, that that takes us close to time here. Do you have any closing well, thoughts? You know, sometimes. This was been a this has been an amazing organic podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You know, I think I just I started this off with being thankful for the podcast and I think it's a good to end it being thankful for the podcast. I'm just it's so awesome the you know, I've talked about the support of our community and how great they are and how much they are there for us all the time and Yes. They they always show up and they they help so much and and having people reach out to us and, and talk to us about the podcast that they've been listening to it and also having them send us what I guess are new inside jokes and <laughs> yeah, not knowing we're so far ahead. Yeah, and not knowing. I mean <laughs> I was like, I don't understand I was your like, reference. Really? I don't understand that. Like, oh my <laughs> poor dad just listening listening to this. He was sending me text messages the other day and I was like, he is drunk like he has to like i don't know what this means what does this mean which is out of character for him like i don't get this i honestly thought oh he meant to text one of my sisters and i texted him back and i was like you okay and he sent back ha 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 and then he said something about some cream and i was like what are you talking about he's like i'm on episode one I was like oh oh and that's the interregnum thing <laughs> That we drugged that like, joke into the ground. Okay, it was like awesome, <laughs> awesome job. But anyway, it's just been it's been so great hearing that people are actually listening to this. And yeah, that you know it's it's fun for us, and it's and in a way it is kind of like therapy. It is it is really really nice. Yes, to very much like so. Come home on Tuesdays and be like, hey, we're gonna record our podcast tonight. I wonder what our topic that we decided is. <laughs> Chris will tell me. That, that you told me 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Chris I'm will, scrambling. Chris will tell me and it'll be great. But, but yeah, you're right. It is awesome to hear people listening and, and being like, hey, man, really liked this. Or Yeah. yeah. And you just kind of hope in a way that it, it just is successful in that and that we are able to continue doing this. I'm also excited for the progression of it. You know, I'm excited to eventually... You know, we talk a lot about having guests on to to have some of these people that we talk about on the show, and you know, for for me to finally finish that Patreon, yeah, that I've been meaning to do for a <laughs> hundred years. It's like we started talking about. We this. started you talking started about it. it. I finished a lot of that Patreon <laughs> way up front, and then I just didn't make it. So look for us on Patreon, and this will force me to have it done by now. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have some tiers and maybe uh, could change some things that we could offer to listeners. That's true. It would be really awesome. Oh, good thing to say. If you, um, I don't know why, <laughs> I decided to say it like that. And Got the emphasis. <laughs> um, if there is something that you would like us to talk about, Mm, yes. That you would like that would be a little bit extra. Like, you know, something that's not just the podcast. You're like, hey, I would be interested in this. Let us know. Send us a message on Play on Theater's Facebook or on 
Play on Theater's Instagram, and or you could even email us at infoplayontheater.com, and I will talk to Chris, and we will both respond. I will respond. Chris will respond. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to have a good dynamic. Look at us. We're hilarious. Two crazy guys. <laughs> that was a good reference. That was good. Yeah. That's okay, deep. so um, do you have anything you would like to leave with the people? Um, just uh, thank you for giving us an hour of your time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I started going <laughs> higher. Like a, that like one a dog trying <laughs> to eat st- the bacon. The I start- kind of the bacon. The, the bacon. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, everyone. This has been Seed Partners, and that is Chris, and that was Cody. Cody. Toodles. <laughs>